hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my producer, Lindsay, and we are streaming from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Beautiful day in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And today we have back on Ethne Nance, who I think holds a record for being on our podcast the most. Thank you, Ethne. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And she is going to be talking about EOBs. EOBs, explanation of benefits. I'm sure everybody loves getting an explanation of benefits from their insurance company after they've had some kind of procedure or um, bill from their uh, healthcare provider from their insurance company. So that's what an EOB is. Not everybody knows what that is. I don't think because I don't really didn't know much until Ethne taught me. So honestly, <laughs> we're going to educate people about that and how to look at an EOB, and I believe Ethne has some examples, and how to look at an EOB and see if you've been charged appropriately or overcharged. So Ethne, with that, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me again. All right, so tell us, what is an EOB and when do we get them? An EOB is an explanation of benefit. It's, a, it's essentially a statement that the insurance company sends to you as a patient and the provider that billed for whatever services uh, they provided to you when you went into the office, hospital, etc. The reason for them is because it is not straightforward how a doctor gets paid from the insurance company and they have to break down a couple things. It's really helpful to kind of at this point explain a couple terms. I tell people all the time they sound similar. It's kind of like saying in a bowl of fruit, a banana, a banana, and a banana. However, it's actually an apple, a banana, and some grapes. Uh, they sound similar, they're very different. The first one is called a copay, and that's usually a nominal amount uh, assigned by the insurance company that the patient is supposed to pay either for a doctor's visit, a surgery. Uh, it can be a different dollar amount depending on if you see a primary care provider or you go to the emergency room. The reason for the copay is basically just to mitigate costs that the insurance company has to pay. It makes patients in general hesitate before they go to the doctor is what they have found, if that makes sense. You know, when you can just go to the doctor and you could go every day and they won't charge you anything, you're more likely to go. Whereas if you have to write a check for $25, $50, et cetera, you have a tendency to hesitate. The next term, which sounds very similar, is called coinsurance. Coinsurance is a percentage of the amount that is officially owed to the doctor. Coinsurance is usually a percentage um, some people, and Sean, you may have heard an 80-20 plan, a 90-10 plan, a 50-50. What that means is, for example, if you have an 80-20, 80% of the bill that's owed to the doctor is paid by the insurance, and 20% would then be paid by you as the patient. Um, of course, if the numbers change, the percentages change on who pays what. Um, it's interesting to note that as a patient, you have 
choice. You can kind of start to look at which plan offers a better percentage out of pocket. You're not stuck with what they give you per se. Um, I'll kind of talk about what it entails and, and what, what happens if you change your percentages maybe down the road in this conversation. The last term I want to kind of talk about is deductible. This is a set dollar amount that you as the patient have to pay upfront to the provider before the insurance company will pay anything. So even if you have, for example, an 80-20 plan where the insurance would pay 80%, you have to pay your deductible up to whatever amount is agreed upon by you and the insurance before they would even pay 80%. There's other terms along the way, but I think those are the basic ones that help when you try and read an EOB. Um, have I lost you so far? Or are you good? No, you know, um, you educated me, that's for sure. And it really seems like you've talked about this subject before. So I <laughs> go ahead and give us a little bit of background about yourself. Uh, my name, of course, is Ethne Nance, and I'm the owner of Pacific Medical Revenue. We are a billing and consulting company that works with providers, surgery centers, businesses, etc., across the United States. And we answer these kinds of questions multiple times every day, <laughs> all day long. I can tell. So that was interesting. So what you're saying about copay is different than coinsurance. A copay <laughs> is a fixed amount, whereas coinsurance yes. is a percentage, correct? Yes. That's interesting. Yes. And something people don't realize, and this is a very common thing, is you can have all three on your insurance plan, meaning you can have a deductible, a coinsurance and a copay all do. And a lot of patients actually don't realize that they have three different ways that they're going to have to pay the doctor out of pocket themselves. Um, it's not that the insurance company just pays for everything. Those days of insurance paying 100% are long gone or no one can afford those plans anymore. Well, unless it's state Medicaid. And then yes. that would be right. And, and actually, in some instances, some state Medicaid plans still assign co-pays and co-insurance. Interesting. So, yeah. So even in those plans, there's still some, depending on how you qualify for a Medicaid plan or what's called a Medicaid MCO, you may also still have to pay something out of pocket. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's get into... EOBs. EOBs. Yep. So the first thing you need to understand with an EOB, um, and this is usually where my staff will get phone calls from patients panicking over the EOB they've just received at home, looking at the initial amount that was billed to the insurance company. Let's use a, a large number. Let's say the doctor decided to bill Medicare for $10,000. Patients will look at that billed amount, which is really important to differentiate, it's a build amount, and panic thinking, oh my gosh, my co-insurance is going to be thousands of dollars, so is my deductible, etc. What you need to understand is a build amount is the equivalent of monopoly money. It's not real. Insurance companies have what are called fee schedules, and they basically say for every procedure, we will pay X. But because every insurance is a little bit different with the amount, 
what we generally do is kind of take a number and perhaps double it. Uh, the most common is you find out what Medicare pays and you double it. And what that ensures is that no matter what insurance you pay, you, you meet the threshold for what they would allow to pay because shockingly, if you underbill an insurance company, they do not come to you and go, you know what, Sean, we owe you $25. Right. They just, they don't. If you underbill, they don't give you the difference. So it's important for doctors and, and facilities to make sure that they capture as much as they can from the fee schedules. Yeah, capture the charges. That's a common. Capture the charges. Exactly. Right. Common and, thing in and, healthcare. Yeah. And the problem is that patients look at these numbers and they go, oh, those greedy doctors, those horrible, terrible, greedy doctors. Now, there are places where they can be greedy. But in this instance, the doctor could ask for a million dollars. If the insurance is going to pay a hundred dollars, guess what? That's all that's going to be paid, which leads into the next column on your EOB, which would be the allowed amount. This is where the money goes from monopoly money to real money. So the allowed amount is essentially what the insurance company says they are willing to pay for whatever procedure it is. It's like somebody going to a car dealership and saying, that's a beautiful Ferrari. I'm going to give you $5 for it. Thank you very much. And they drive off the lot. That's what insurance companies do to doctors. So the allowed amount then, let's say it's $100, right? So the other thousands and thousands of dollars just monopoly money are written off and go away. They don't exist. The next column over, you'll probably see a deductible column. If you have a deductible that has not been met, meaning if you have a $1,000 deductible, you have to have a $1,000 worth of allowed charges that have gone through and processed with the insurance company, or you will see then that the $100 is sitting in the column with deductible saying, you as the patient owe the doctor $100. If your deductible is met, then you'll probably move to the next column, which is coinsurance. And if you have, let's say that 80-20 insurance plan, they'll say the patient has a coinsurance of $20. And they will have written a check to the doctor for $80. Have I lost you so far? I mean, it, 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 you haven't. <laughs> I mean, you haven't lost me, but almost. And it's just so complicated. And it know, is. Talk, I we, right. It, it doesn't have to be. Mm-mm. You know, uh, it could be a lot easier if there was no insurance involved. <laughs> it absolutely. Listen, the math that we deal with in medical billing, I, I jokingly tell people all the time, and it's funny. I actually more people get confused that are CPAs, certified public accountants. They struggle with the math that we deal with in medical billing because our math is not two plus two equals four. Uh-uh. Math in medical billing is two plus two equals a uh, giraffe. Yeah. And it makes, it makes we, sense to us. But and we wrote off and we wrote off half the giraffe. And, and we wrote off a <laughs> unicorn and yeah, a rainbow. <laughs> And, and and we can get it to balance in the end. And, and 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 trust me, everybody who looks at an EOB that doesn't have any experience, they they do get frustrated and they feel like I, you know, I I, I passed math in college, I should know this, but I I I don't understand. Don't 
don't feel bad. Like I said, I have many an accountant that I've had phone calls with where they can't even understand the math. Um, it, it, it's confusing. And a lot of it is because the insurance companies try to make ways that the not to get the patient to go see the doctor, right? Because if you have that coinsurance, if you have that copay, if you have a large deductible, you're not going to be apt to go see the doctor quickly because you know that you have things out of pocket. Another example, and we've talked about this before, is that in some instances for a PPO plan where they want you to see someone who's agreed to a set fee, um, they may make it very, very unattractive to go to someone who isn't part of that network. Perfect example is that that lovely little insurance plan in Idaho, where if you go out of network, meaning you go see a doctor that isn't part of the club, your deductible that you have to pay out of your pocket is $50,000. Unreal which basically means they aren't letting you go anywhere else. No, you have no choice at that point right. unless you have an extra 50 grand sitting in your checking account to blow through in a year. Yeah, if which it's is a big, pretty amazing. It, right, if it's going to be a big procedure, surgery or, mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Any questions so far? Or you want me to keep no, going with this I, confusing I, no. math? Yeah, you can, but I want to comment. So, mm -hmm. um that is not isolated to Idaho. Um, yeah. You know, Lindsay and I are finding out as we travel to South Dakota, there are big hospital systems in South Dakota that do the exact same thing. And they basically monopolize and don't let patients go outside of that, of that system. Absolutely. It's this care network model. And I use Idaho because it is one of the highest deductibles I have seen in any state. And we, we work in, basically all 50 states. So we see a lot of plans. Um, this care network concept though, is actually a loophole that was kind of capitalized from the Affordable Care Act. That's where it came from, is because of just the wording and things in this act, it allowed all of these health systems to form these care networks with these massive, massive penalizing deductibles that are preventing people from having real choice in healthcare, believe it yeah. or not. And that's exactly what it is. It, it limits choice. It limits, um, yeah, limits freedom and choice, which what's, what happens when, when a monopoly is created, price goes up, quality goes down and service goes down period. And it, so, absolutely. Right. So literally those networks can take horrible care of people and yet they still have to go there because they have no choice. They don't have to change. Yeah. Like in a free market, they would have to change. They would have to get better, get less expensive, give better service. They, they don't have to. And, and I think it shows in our healthcare system and that's why quality is decreasing. Well, it's, it's the, the, basic premise or issue with PPO networks in general. I know that's slightly off subject, but PPO networks, how they tie into an EOB is that they go out to doctors and say, be part of our network or our special club. And if you become part of our network, you as the doctor agree that whatever you bill and we say you get to collect, you say thank you very much and you move on. 
And the way they sell PPO networks, which are the largest type of insurance plan for anyone who's employed in the United States, is they, they go out and they say, look at all of the doctors, look at all of the choice we have for your patients. These are big networks and they sell these to employers to then give to their employees. The problem is, is they're not actually looking at the people they're bringing into these networks carefully to ensure that they have high quality providers right. and also that they have, for example, hospitals that are, you know, watching every penny and are cost effective. It's just kind of a free for all of whoever wants to be in and you can get in. Welcome to the club. Um, so, you know, PPOs are nice because you do have more freedom and choice to choose your people. But I like to tell people also be careful because it, it's kind of anybody and everybody can essentially be let into these types of PPOs. Same and care networks are a little bit different, but it's a very, very set club where, you know, only certain providers in a certain area. So what happens then is you may not have high quality or you may not have a lot of choice within that. It's not to say that everyone in these is a terrible doctor. That's not what we're saying. What, I, what it is, is that you have a very limited amount of who can do things for you as a patient. And, uh, you know, I say it all the time. As a patient, you're a consumer. That's right. You, you, you do not have to just go with the doctor down the street that is at the top of your list. You can go and find someone that makes sense to you, that listens to you, that you feel comfortable with, and you do have some freedom. Depending on what type of insurance plan you have, of course, that ties in with the EOB and what money you have to pay and where, your choice is restricted. In healthcare in general, the more freedom and the more choice you want, the more money you're going to have to pay yourself. For example, if you want a, if you don't want to pay a lot of money and you qualify for a Medicaid or an HMO, you, you're not going to have a lot of out of pocket. You're not going to have a huge coinsurance, or maybe you won't even have a deductible. For example, if you go with let's say Kaiser, but you're very restricted of who you can see and when you can see them. I always tell people HMO means no. I mean, basically everything, the answer is no. Sometimes you'll get a maybe, but HMO means no. But as you go to these more open plans, the PPO plans, et cetera, you get more choice. But with choice, things get more expensive. You have bigger deductibles. You have more coinsurance. You'll pay higher premiums a month. And the ultimate choice, of course, is that you pay out of pocket. You go where you want. But unfortunately, that can also be extremely expensive unless you do it correctly or work with groups that also promote cash pay, et cetera. There are a lot of providers that are going cash pay, though. They're giving options. It. They're giving, you know, you can pay a monthly subscription fee to have a provider available to you. And then you leave insurance out of it. And you don't have to go through the crazy math of two plus two equals a giraffe. Well, and I don't think, thank you for bringing that up. And I don't think a lot of patients realize how affordable healthcare is when you get insurance out of it. And when you pay cash up front, for most procedures, for most doctor's visits, very, very affordable. We were just talking to a um, 
provider the other day, uh, yesterday, in fact, and you know, for a cash office visit, he charges $89. I mean, think yeah. about how much insurance costs every month for $89. That's very, very true. In fact, when you really sit down and mark on a calendar, how many times did I actually need to go see a doctor? When did I really need to go and have that blood test, etc. done? Most of the time when you add up how much it could have cost versus what you paid in a premium, and then you have to turn around and pay a deductible or co-insurance, you end up paying much, much more to have the insurance. Um, there's, there's many a lab uh, radiology department that have a la carte cash rates that are really affordable. And, and the other thing people don't realize is you can carry a type of insurance that is just for when things go south and you have to have a major surgery or hospitalization, a catastrophic plan. Um, but again, more freedom and choice, you have to be careful because it can be more expensive, but at the same time, carrying insurance and paying those deductibles is also very expensive. Right. And speaking of catastrophic plans, um, not in every state can you do that. In Washington State, for instance, you can't no. do that. And it's very frustrating because there's a lot of things that are mandated by the state or the federal government that, you know, I, for instance, would not want for insurance. And unfortunately, I would have to pay for it. So that's why we choose what's called the health sharing ministry. We've talked about it on the show before. Mm -hmm. And um, because health insurance can be very limiting because you're limited to the care where you can go and, and what, what to pay and all that. So I believe in free market solutions. I wrote a book about it, Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare and How to Fix It. It's a six-step solution. Uh, it goes into some history of what we're talking about and how things got where we're at, um, but it also goes into to a fix in chapter six and six-step solution. And consumers need to be in charge of their own healthcare, period. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and starting to understand the EOBs and the billing process does help you as a consumer understand, you know, really sure. honestly, who are the bad guys, who are kind of the good guys and, and what's real money, what isn't money. Um, something patients really need to understand when they're looking at what doctors bill out versus what's paid is the doctors are not actually setting the amounts of, of what they're getting paid. Insurance is, like I said, going to the car dealership and saying, I'm giving you $5 for this Ferrari. They're telling the doctors, this is what you get, take it or leave it and say, thank you very much. Um, everyone in the United States that has access to the internet and Google can go and look at what the average payment for anything that a provider does, it, it's it's on the internet. It's called the, the Medicare CMS fee schedules. And most insurance companies base what they pay okay. on what Medicare pays. So if you have the ability to go look up, it's a CMS physician lookup tool. And if you just type that into Google, it'll pull up the, the official Medicare webpage. And you can go through and look for every single area in the United States, what they pay for an office visit, what do they pay for a surgery. And one thing you have to understand is that for everything that a provider does, there is a 
numerical code assigned to it. Perfect. There you go. And if you're not in billing and you're not a, a medical coder, it can be confusing. But a little trick is if you simply type into Google CPT, Office Visit Code, usually you it will show up with a code that's associated with what the doctor did. And you can use that in the lookup tool to then get an idea of for what they pay. For example, a basic office visit is a CPT code of 99213. The average reimbursement from Medicare for this is $92.48 in the United States right now. And that's where you can find it in that website. And it, it varies by step by region too, correct? It does vary by region. In in some states, it 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 varies by zip code. For example, you're uh, located in Washington State. There are two different Medicare fee schedules for Washington State. Mm -hmm. There is one for King County, which is where Seattle is. And if you're in King County, you get paid more than if you're anywhere else in, in Washington State. Um, in California, there's a list. If you're in San Diego, you're on a different fee schedule than if you're in San Jose. Um, other states, for example, like Kansas, only have one fee schedule for the entire state. And the question always is, why? Part of the fee schedule, they take into account the cost of where you are. San Jose, California is much more expensive than a small town in Kansas cost-wise. Uh, rent, power, liability insurance, et cetera. So they, they tr try to work that into the fee and that's why they're all different. So can you find any CPT codes on that site? And you and the EOB will list the CPT code, correct? Any, any CPT code that you have on the EOB, it'll be a five digit number, for example, 99213, 99205, as long as it's a five-digit number and then they have a dollar amount assigned to it, you just take that CPT number and type it into that lookup tool and you can pull off. There you go. So when you look at this in general, just look at the column that says non-facility price. Don't get lost in all of the different things. So for example, you see there's in every single locality, which is what that means is where it is in the United States, is it King County or is it the rest of Washington? The dollar amount is different. So for example, in one place, it's $92.47. But if you're located in another part of the United States, it's 108.42. And those are gonna be more what you find, for example, in California. $92 would be more what you'd find in Kansas. But it's also um, a little bit shocking to see that, for example, 20 minutes of your doctor's time, the insurance company is only paying that doctor to come in, see you, pay for his staff, pay for his insurance. He's only getting paid around $100 to see you, where a lot of people think doctors are. But that also, so you know, if you're paying cash, you understand that if a doctor's saying, I want it, you have to pay me $250. Perspective is no, 
he'd be getting about $100 if he billed insurance. Right. It gives you some negotiating power as a person paying cash because you and, know what they'd be collecting. Right. And I think that's important too, that consumers know if they find, if they search and shop for their healthcare, they can find a, a doctor or a surgeon or a surgery center where they can actually negotiate a cash price. I mean, it's no different than buying a car. I know some people don't want to admit it, but it's true. It's no different than buying a car. And the first thing I will ask is, do you, do you give a cash discount? And if they don't, then I go somewhere else. Yes. You know, now, uh, essentially, I, you know, oh, go, right. oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, you no, go I was going to say that that website's essentially the Kelly Blue Book for car buying in healthcare. Yeah. And and thank you, uh, Lindsay. We have a wonderful producer that's a rock star that, that streamed that stuff. And that's very, very helpful. So thank you so much, Lindsay. So, Ethne, we're winding up this podcast. That's been a great show. I love having you on. Um, you, you know, our goal is to educate and empower consumers. To, to take charge of their own health care. And that's exactly what you did today. So I appreciate you being on. Uh, in a few words, uh, what would you like to sum up the show with? Educate yourself. Understand that when you go to the doctor, you have the ability to understand what they're charging and why. And you're not stuck with a giant bill if you don't want to be. You can choose to go somewhere, like you said, do they offer a cash discount? Do they allow you to pay cash at all? I mean, just educate yourself. It's right. it's only a few computer key clicks away from understanding. Um, you saw how fast Lindsay was able right. to pull those things up just from a few keywords in Google. I appreciate it. So, Ethne, how do people get a hold of you if they have any questions? You can reach me either through the company website, which is pacificmedicalrevenue.com, or we also have a Facebook page, which is Pacific Medical Revenue. Um, either way, you can get a hold of us very quickly. Uh, there's a way to send emails through both. All right. Ethne, thank you so much. I heard a rumor that you might be starting your own podcast. You should. I am very tempted. That's for sure. I obviously have a lot to talk about. <laughs> you do. And you are wonderful to interview. I so appreciate it. So thank you for being thank on you. today. I really appreciate it. All right. That ends up another show. Tune in Monday, 1230 to 1 1 p.m. for Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much, Anthony, for being on today. Thank you.